Jesus said in John chapter 12, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That's what Jesus said. And that's what we're trying to do here at Emmanuel. Hello, my name's Pastor Bob Gray, and I'm glad that you've taken the time to join us for one of our services. Our goal here at Emmanuel is to lift up Christ, to lift him up so high that no matter where you're at right now, he will draw you closer to him. That's our goal. May you enjoy the services of Emmanuel. And if I can be of service to you, please let me know. God bless you. Enjoy the service. Take your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. If you'll do that. I've come to realize more and more day by day how important church is. Church is very, very important. Y'all be okay. I think it's raining outside, but we got electricity. And if your windows are down, we'll let you know at the end of the service that they were down. And that's the kind of, in fact, some of you were rolling your windows down right now. And, uh, but Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, verse 23, verse 24, and verse 25 are, is one continuous um, thought here. And the punctuation will tell us this. And I know I often do this, but let me encourage you when you read your Bible. Uh, always expand it how God expanded it. And if you'll notice here, I'm going to verse 25, but then I'm going to back up, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as ye see the day approaching. You have exhorting one another. That is our job. We assemble to exhort. We, we assemble. This time in between services and this time before and after service and during service it's exhorting watching y'all sing tonight has been absolutely amazing in fact we need to do more church singing amen but i will tell you that this is exhorting when we are assembled together then go back to verse 24 so verse 25 is a result of the thought in verse 24 and let us consider one another to what please provoke now, it doesn't mean that we provoke people to anger because it tells us provoke unto what? Love and to what? You see, this assembling that we do when we forsake the assembling, then we lose a little bit of exhorting. The, the, the watching TV, excuse me, watching online services on your TV, it, 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 you'll, you'll get some encouragement. And there are people right now that their, their, their health will not let them come tonight and they're watching. Many of you have spent your time watching at times. But I will tell you that there's something about being shoulder to shoulder. By the way, do not take for granted, one, the great state of Texas. There are still churches that cannot gather together. There, there, I am shocked. I guess we live in a utopia here to where when I hear people say, Hey, y'all, y'all having services? Have you heard that from anybody around? Y'all are having services? And it's like, yeah, we're having church. And I heard one person say, man, man, is it safe? And I was like, it's only as safe as you make it. Amen on that one. It's only as safe as you make it. Praise God on that one. I'm thinking about drinking all that right there. Oh, Yeah. But there is something about being together. There is something about 
being exhorted. There is something about being provoked. Look at verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. So look at the progression here. We're holding fast our profession. We are considering one another. We're provoking unto love and to good works. We're not forsaking this assembly because it's in this assembly that we will be able to exhort one another. And there is something powerful. Please know this about leaving your house and coming to his house with his people. There's something powerful about that. When you leave your house to come to his house, when you leave your address to come to his address, that means you leave the fact that your name's on the title. And you come to a place to where his name's on the title. When when you leave your house to come to his house, you leave a house that you paid for. And you come to a house that he died for. You see, this is the importance of church. But there's this one little phrase here that says, provoke unto love. And you know you put too much on your hands when you can't get them clean. And uh, look at verse number 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto what? Love. And could you, could you kind of read that last part? Good works. That's what I want to do tonight. I want to provoke. I don't want to make you mad. That's not what the context of the word provoke is. But I do want to take and through God's word. And, and, and I want to push you. Would you let me push you tonight? Would you let me push you a little bit further out into God's work? Because when we come to church, we ought to love more. But then we ought to realize that what the Corral sang tonight and what the Alvarez kids sang tonight is so true. There's a world that is dying and going to hell. And the church sits idle. And churches cannot back up. But the reason churches back up is because believers back up. I'm I'm coming to you tonight on behalf of the heart of God. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, what an opportunity that we have to literally be provoked. To be pushed. Lord, this past several weeks, Lord, the eagerness of this night. Then to see as Brother Mitchell and I were talking of how you brought it down to this night. Lord, when I heard the Alvarez family sing Wednesday night, I I knew that that's Sunday night. When I heard the chorale sing in chapel this past week, I knew that that's Sunday night. God, I'm asking you, to please help us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you travel to Acts chapter 18? That's going to be the text for tonight. In Acts chapter 18, I want to show you that it is possible for members and believers to fall into an apathy. Please know this, that you're saved because somebody told you about Jesus Christ. You're saved because somebody took a chance to not be shy about who Jesus is in your life. You say, well, pastor, that was done through the preaching of God's word. Nobody really spoke to me. Let me tell you something. God used human authors that were not shy about declaring who Jesus Christ is. In Acts chapter 18 and verse number 1, it says this, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. 
and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them. And please listen, look at the wording here. He abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. Let me pause and just give you the context here. The context is very simple to understand. From time to time, Paul would use his skill of being a tent maker to help offset expenses as he traveled and preached the gospel. This is the pattern of Paul. He did it at several different locations. This was what he did here at Corinth. He found, back in verse 2, Aquila, his wife Priscilla. These were the same craft, verse 3. So he stayed with them, and he wrought by their occupations, for by their occupations they were tent makers. He, he now found a common bond. He now found a, I can take off my preacher hat, if you will, and now I can put on my tent making hat. I, I now fit in. I now kind of blend into the background. You're going to find out in verse 4, and he reasoned in the synagogues, look at this, every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Paul did not lose his habit of going to the synagogues. When he was the Sabbath day, he had the upbringing that Sabbath day, you're in the synagogues. You're going to find out that in Acts chapter 17, I believe it is, 16, 17, somewhere along that corridor right there of the script, you're going to find out that he spent three Sabbath days. It was not unusual. It's not like you and I. We live in a very transit uh, 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 society. We, we can spend the night here and we can get in our car and be 500 miles down the road and spend another night someplace else. This was not the case. Unless Paul was being run out of town, unless Paul was being attacked, then Paul would settle in. And here he settles into Corinth and here in verse 4, he reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath, persuading the Jews and the what? Greeks. There is this, this, this mixture now. And, and, and I promise you, I, I won't be long, and you have been a very delightful crowd, and I mean that. But, but there's this mixture now of this persuading and this discussion. And in the text, it only tells us that he was in the synagogue, a religious place. He was with Jews, and he was persuading the Jews and the Greeks. The Greeks were the mysticism. The Greeks were these people that they were all about the spiritual. They were all about the mystics. Here is the preacher. Here is the preacher now that is making tents. He has a connect. He now is in the community, well-respected because of his skill set, no doubt. But now he is in the Sabbath day, this religious day with religious people, but he is now discussing. He now is bantering back and forth between the religious crowd and the Greeks. Now we come to verse 5. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the what, please? Spirit and did what? Testified to the Jews that, what? Jesus was Christ. You see, Paul, unfortunately, my reading of the text, 
Paul had blended into the background. Paul now was using his skill set and he was with other people that knew this skill set and, and now on this level he was making tents. He, he didn't stop this discussion because every Sabbath day he would go and have discussions. And, and no doubt, no doubt that he would have a connect with the Jews and the Greeks and no doubt he was settling into this conversation because there was this instant connect. The ability to fit into the workplace with your skill set. The ability to fit into your school with your intellect. The ability to fit in and blend in to your workplace with the same uniform. Ladies and gentlemen, right now outside these walls is your cosmos and is your world. Outside of these walls are your neighbors. Outside of these walls are your co-workers. Outside of these walls are the people that know you are spiritual. You, you see, the issue of our day has never been, are people spiritual by nature? The question, the answer is yes, they are spiritual by nature. They're always checking their horoscope. Horror. Scope. Because it always turns out bad. They're always going, well, that happened for this reason. They, they always have the karma. They, they always have this mysticism. They, they always have this dark side. You see, the world by nature is spiritual. They are always seeing the hidden behind the, well, there's a reason why this happened in fate, luck, karma, reincarnation. If, if this is what I came back as, I must have been bad in my former life. Let me, what are you laughing at? Have y'all looked? Never mind. So the issue has never been, do people believe in God? You live in the Bible Belt. You live in a place that you could say, praise God, and nobody probably would ever say anything. But the issue has never been, do people like to have a healthy discussion about God? Oh, they like to have a healthy discussion about God. They love to have a healthy discussion about the Bible. The issue has never been Jesus Christ. The issue has always been you and I. The issue has always been, do we step up and testify that Jesus is the Christ? Wherever you live, whatever neighborhood you're in, do they know you go to church? Obviously they know. Do they know that you believe in God? Obviously they know. But how many times do a discussion take place around us and we are like Paul and that we are just kind of reasoning and kind of persuading and we like to get on this tightrope to where we don't offend the Greeks and we don't offend the Jews and we kind of play middle ground. My friend, listen to this. We have not been called to play middle ground. We have been called to crawl up on the cross with Jesus Christ and declare that there's only one way to heaven, and that is Jesus Christ. 
And right now, I want to provoke you in your Christianity. And I want to push you in your Christianity. We've adopted three things here at the church. We've adopted, number one, the personal responsibility of every believer to get the gospel out. It doesn't matter if you can show up at whatever time. It doesn't matter if the church even has a time. It doesn't even matter if you attend this church. You, as a born-again believer, blood wash, you're going to heaven and you're not going to hell. Check this one out. You're, you and I are supposed to be telling people about Jesus Christ. Well, the church has run out of tracks, but you haven't run, about the, you haven't run out of the grace of God on the inside. Please know this. It doesn't matter. Tithe, don't tithe. Hate your husband, don't hate your husband. Run around, don't run around. You still have a personal responsibility to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. And then the second thing that I truly believe is every family needs to produce generations of believers who tell people, about Jesus Christ for you and I not to pass down the gospel and how to tell the gospel brother brother Glosser you and I spent some time together early this morning did you bring those cards by chance I didn't I didn't even ask you to bring them he was telling me about cards that 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 his daughter has been using to tell people about Jesus Christ Can I tell you what you're doing? You're making sure that that girl right there knows how to give the gospel to a lost and dying world. That is our responsibility. That is our responsibility. Can I provoke you tonight? Can I give you this one thing to lay at your feet? It doesn't matter, ma'am, sir, it doesn't matter how much you read the word, how much you don't read the word. There was a day when you were lost and on your way to hell. And there was a day when nothing could have helped you at all. But then Jesus came down and brought salvation your way. And he saved you. And I'm afraid we've retreated to our skill set to be accepted. Rather than step up and testify. The sermon tonight, it's time to declare Jesus Christ. It's time. It's time to get off the sidelines. It's time to stop being part of the background noise. And it's time to put the tracks in your pocket. It's time to look at your family and say, our family activity over the next couple of weeks, it's time to get back to what we know, the mission of our Christianity is and the mission of the church you attend is and that is taking the gospel to a lost and dying world call it soul winning call it outreach call it whatever you want to call it it's good old-fashioned telling people about Jesus Christ everywhere you go and nobody nobody is exempt and then the third thing is the church is to organize This is the third thing about Emmanuel. I as pastor am to organize this time that we get the gospel out. I want to thank Zach Hicks, the stands you see before you. I made them this way so when your children get rambunctious in the outreach center and they run into them, they're speed bumps for children. But in that outreach center and there are maps. Listen, church. In that outreach center and there are maps. There are eight areas. 
Our immediate is divided up into eight areas. You live in one of these areas. I live in one of these areas. And it's about time that you let your pastor provoke you and tell you we got to stop reasoning with the Greeks. And we have to stop being a good wallflower and stop letting your conversation be like this. Uh-huh, mm-hmm, sure, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, oh, I, I believe in God. Praise Jesus, I, I believe it. I believe it. And at some point, we have to be like Paul and we have to testify. Testify with no reserve. Testify not knowing what the response is going to be. Stop testing the water to see if you can testify and step in and testify. Have we not all been inspired by Miss Marlene? Have we not all been amazed? And if she was here tonight, I would so give her down the river, but we're live stream right now. And if she's watching, have we not all been amazed at this bravado, this, this boldness? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's all about. There are tracks. Grab them. Take them. Let's get the word out. The reason we do these blitz bags right here is so that you can go and knock doors. But understand this, that we have a responsibility. This is the marching order. Go to Acts chapter 1, if you will. In Acts chapter 1, I think this has become what the average Christian has done. Look at Acts chapter 1. The ascension takes place. Look at verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was what? Taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, I want you to stay with me in the text. I'm going to have you read. Which also said, ye men of Galilee. Would you please read the question? Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? I think the average believer has stopped, and here's what we're doing. Can I, can I tell you like the angel said? Why are you standing and gazing? He said, but you don't know how tired I am. Why stand ye gazing? But you don't understand my schedule is all packed. Why stand ye gazing? And all I'm trying to do is let you know that there's a city around here and there are streets around here that need somebody to testify. They, they need to know that I care about my city. I care about my neighbors. I care about everything going on. And the whole reason that I asked Zach to kind of make me, and I took, the, I took the prototype down there, and he did an excellent job, and he used his tent-making skill to help us get the gospel out. But each one of these has a map. 
And each one of these has a card. And each one of these are here at your disposal. We have spent money to get an outreach bag so that they could leave it someplace and it tells you about Christ and it gives you a John and Romans. You say, but pastor, isn't that a weak way? I don't care what way you do it. Get a billboard, get an airplane, fly, suck, kite, do something. But let's just tell people about Jesus Christ. Does your child know how to tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Have you taken your child? Or have we so retreated to where, well, you know, we, we have discussions and I kind of persuade and I kind of, I'm not asking you to come on a Thursday night. I'm not asking you to come at a certain time. I'm just telling you at some point, let's get the gospel and let's go tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Do you realize that this world is so hungry and God has not put you in your neighborhood just for you to sit in your neighborhood? It's an area. Area 1, Northwest Longview. Area 2, Northeast Longview. Area 3, Southwest Airlines. No, Longview. Area 4, Southeast. Area 5, White Oak. I'm Area 6. Do that's where Pastor lives, right there. I don't live there. That's your responsibility. I don't live. I live right there. Area 7 is Kilgore. Area 8 is Gilmer. And I'm telling you that God has not placed you in your Jerusalem. And God has not placed me here. Just to live. He has placed us. Would you go to Matthew, if you would, chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I'll tell you right now, there's nothing more exciting. There's nothing more exciting than having somebody from your area come to church. Kelly and I were like two kids in a, a just in cloud nine this morning. We got the masked Avenger to come with us. He sat there and talked during the entire service. Even Hunter was turning around looking at him. I'm like, hmm, Hunter's going to jump on him, that's for sure. But we went by two delightful kids, two delightful kids, right there in Gladewater. Josh has been picking up, and him and Deanna have just made such an impact there in Gladewater. That Precious, where you at, Precious? I saw your hair. Okay, so Precious was right. Precious and Carmen. Hey, guess what? They leave this week to go to Mexico to live. We had that much time. To be an impact. What those Alvarez kids saying was so true. We had that much time to be an impact. What do you lose in your status by testifying and declaring Jesus is Christ? What are you going to lose? So well, I won't be thought of well if I get that vocal. Who, who wants to be that vocal? I'm not saying be a jerk. And I'm not saying be offensive. But have you gone to your co-workers? God didn't give you that job. God, God didn't give you favor for you to sit idle behind your desk. If you can talk about sports, that's not job related. If you can talk about makeup, that's not job related. If you can talk about couponing, that's not job related. Then why can't you talk about Jesus Christ? That's not job related. I'm telling you. 
that what we've done is we've tried to fit in with our earthly skill set. It's time to stand out with our heavenly citizenship. And let's start testifying and declaring. Y'all listen to this. God gave you that job not to make money. God gave you that connect. Not, not for any other reason, but to ask this question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Can I tell you about the day I got saved? I'm going to go back to two things I pulled out during Christmas that this world needs to hear. In Matthew chapter 5, if you'll look there, look what it says in Matthew chapter 5, 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith it shall be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a what? Bushel. But on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that is in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm asking you, first of all, to take personal responsibility as a believer to get the gospel out. Second of all, I'm asking you to lead your family in the right way by setting aside time to go tell people about Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, I'm asking you to look at a time. I don't care if it's once a year. Look at a time. That you tell your family, we're going down to the house of God to meet with other believers that are going to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. We need to reinforce that this is the mission. But let me tell you what this world needs to hear. They need to hear two things from you. Number one, Jesus is my Savior. Stop beating around the bush. Stop blending in with mysticism. Stop referring to him as a higher power. Stop referring to him as, well, you know, there's something bigger Hint, hint, code word in life. Here's a good code word. Jesus Christ is my Savior. And the reason you get into stuff is because you're not into his business. My life is no different than your life. I want to be accepted. Good night. Who doesn't want to be accepted? And when you get around people that are suave and you get around people that are debonair, and you get around people, teenagers, listen to this, you're not exempt. You get around people, everybody wants to be accepted. And there are some things that you don't want your mama showing up to. When you're young, it's like, no, mom, stay in the car. Mom, don't, don't, no, mom, don't, don't, don't come with me, mom. You don't want your mother. I'm 16 years of age, I'm sitting in the fellowship hall. During my 16th birthday, my mother hired a singing telegram to come sing happy birthday to me. <laughs> Denise, do you remember that? My mother hires this mythical creature, she's a Greek, this mythical creature to come in, the, Kim, you remember, balloons to sing happy birthday to me. I'm sitting there, cool, 16, feathered hair, come on now, corduroy pants, purple, and a purple shirt, come on, letterman jacket, I'm cool. I cool. And here comes this. 
is there something Bobby here? Happy birthday to you. And I'm like, no, no, that, not me. That's, a, that's another Bob. I, I don't know what Bob to talk. You got the wrong school. Nobody likes, nobody likes not to be accepted. He came into his own and his own received him not. A prophet hath no honor in his what? Own country. So if he had no honor in his own country and he was rejected by his own people, then why should you and I think we're going to be accepted by the very people he came to save? God didn't give you salesmen that audience with the gatekeeper for you to waffle out on your salvation. God did not give you, sir. Ma'am, God didn't put you at that nice desk in that nice office. Ma'am, God didn't give you favor with somebody at a business. God didn't do this, teenager. God didn't put you at that public school for any other reason but for you to be a light. God didn't put you in that Christian school for any other reason but to be a light. And somebody's got to step up at the gas stations. And somebody's got to step up somewhere and say, I'd like to declare to you, Jesus is my Savior. And I'm praying this week that every time you meet somebody and you don't testify. Oh, can I provoke you? Can, can I push you a little bit? You live in an area, maybe Area 51, but you live in an area. <laughs> but it's time. I've been so convicted by this because everybody declare he's your savior. Then the second thing you declare is he's your sovereign. I said it back at Christmas, and I think everybody was filled up on eggnog. I'm going to say it now that you have dried yourself out. You need to declare, he's my sovereign. Stop waffling on why you don't do some things the world does. Stop blaming your mama. You're 48 years of age. Stop making excuses. The best way to keep your job, teenager, and the best way to be that light and salt on a job is stop beating around the bush why you do what you do. Step up, college student. Step up and declare once and for all, Jesus Christ is my sovereign. He reigns in my life. He is why I get my hair cut. He is why I honor the vows to my wife. He is why I try to live holy. He is why I reject Justin Bieber and all his music to be my back. I reject this. Not because of the church I go to and not because I have to look good among the brethren. If this church is the reason why we live holy, that's a very sad reason to live holy. And I think the world is tired of your mama and your church and everybody else being the excuse. It, it's, it's time to stop trying to fit in. And just simply say, the reason I do what I do is because I have a Savior. And one day, you're going to see him. I've been thinking much about Brother Fernand. I've been thinking much about him. 
been thinking much about Brother Thomas and Brother Zen and Brother Hitt. I've been thinking about those men and how many times did they step in and declare, He's my Savior and He's my Sovereign. How many trips have they taken and they declare, He's my Savior and He's my Sovereign. I wonder how many times that temptation was put before them. But they said, oh, I can't do that. He's my Savior and He's my Sovereign. There were three deciding factors that I think all of us need to see. I want you to notice, if you will, the three, and then I want you to dedicate yourself. During the invitation time, musicians, if you'll come, I want you to dedicate yourself to stop fooling around with Jesus Christ and start declaring. I don't think you have to be a jerk about it. I don't. I don't don't think you have to be an idiot about it. I think there's nothing more sophisticated and there's nothing more glorious than to step into somebody's world and say I've known you and worked for you with you now I've been trying this with my co-workers I can't get them to respond but but I've known you for a while could, could I have just two minutes of your time you, you know I, I go to church but I've never asked you Do you know Jesus as your Savior? And I would hate to think that God put me here. And I've never asked you. Declare. But it's going to take three things. And let me give them to you. It's found right here in the text. Verse 4 and verse 5 have two different approaches to Jesus. And can I tell you first of all. The who's in your life determines your boldness. Your, as I told Janie and Christian, I was talking about their posse. Their, I was looking for a word to connect hip, groovy, love, tranquility. I said, your friends. And we started talking about her friends. And she admitted. She was like, the only reason I go to church the other church, he said, my friends go. And Christian was, I cannot believe I'm, they're probably watching right now. And Christian spoke up and said, yeah, she don't pay attention. Once her friends come in, she shuts down, no God. And she goes, I do not. And so anyway, so as you can tell, they love to talk. Um, but can I tell you, look what happened. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from where, please? I'm sorry, Acts 18.5. Are y'all back in Acts? Not my fault you don't have it written down in your notes already. I'll make you feel good. I'll go back there too. Go back to Acts. Acts chapter 18 and verse 5. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from where, please? Macedonia. Macedonia. Good old Macedonia. Anybody want to take a guess what happened in Macedonia? Didn't Lydia get saved in Macedonia? Didn't they just come off one great big revival in Macedonia? Weren't they kind of singled out in Macedonia? 
Then they get to Macedonia. And just all of a sudden there in Macedonia, it was like these two guys were trekking down to Corinth and they showed up from Macedonia and said, all right, Paul, what's going on here? We just had revival back there in Macedonia. <laughs> what's going on? I'm possessed. Hey, let me tell you something. Do you know why we need to be together? It's because we need to provoke one another to stop fooling around with Jesus Christ. It's, it's time that we helped each other. Do you know how the best way you can help me, sweetheart, is when you say, did, did, did you not talk to them about Jesus? I didn't hear you say one thing about Jesus. She did that to me some time ago, and it was like, you can just... But it's time that you start looking at each other, start, start looking and say, hey, you know, we left their presence and we never said one thing about Jesus Christ. Because he started to become pressed in the spirit. You want to know why? Because these two boys showed up from Macedonia and they were involved in a revival back in Macedonia and that world got turned upside down so much so that they were in trouble in Macedonia. But boy, people got saved in Macedonia and they were just telling everybody who Jesus, have you lost it? Have you lost that ability to step out and say, hey, it's time we started helping each other when we're together. But if you're hanging out with the wrong who, they're not going to tell you to testify about Jesus Christ. Come on, let's just be honest. We're only as good as the people we hang around. There needs to become a revival to where, hey, my sister-in-law was saying something to me when the girls were just teenagers. She said, Bob, do you remember when we were teenagers? Not, Y'all 80s people, come on now, you, you 80s people, that's the best time to live. Do you remember how rabid we were about the gospel? How many know exactly what I'm talking about? I'm not saying that we become jerks, but I am saying it's time to start testifying. But the who we hang out, let's start holding each other accountable. Let's, let's not give anybody a free pass. Hey, we need to go back and tell them about Jesus. We didn't say one word to them about Jesus. Second thing, if you will, here in the text, is everybody knows, look, look if you will, verse 5, and when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was what, please? Paul was, Paul was what? In his what? How many could say this, and, and don't raise your hand, I don't want to feel bad for you because if you raise your hand, I have to raise my hand and I'm not admitting to anything anymore. But how many have been there when in your spirit you knew I should have said something? How many knew in your spirit you should have said something and then when you went back, they were gone? And how many times have we thought to ourselves, Man, I should have listened. But then we dismiss it, don't we? Am I, am, I, am I hitting a little bit close to home? We dismiss it, don't we? To where it's like, well, somebody will get to them. The grace of God that brings salvation, the fear of all. Somebody. You, you could have been there, somebody. Y'all, you could have been there, somebody. You, you could have been there, somebody. These are tools. This is all this is, is tools. And every time you come into church, if you come through the center foyer, I want that outreach center not to be a place where you sit down and drink coffee. I want that outreach center to be a place where, hey, where do I live? Let's look at the map. 
What is going on? Hey, you, you and I live in the same area. Let's, let's start knocking these doors and let's see if we can declare. It's time to declare Jesus Christ. But everybody knows. Everybody knows that you should have. The first thing I want to bring out is the who's determines your boldness. Who you hang around determines your boldness. Number two is that everyone knows that they, in their spirit, when they should. But the third thing I want to tell you is this. And this goes more along the lines of just standing up for Jesus Christ. In verse number five, if you're there, and musicians get to the instruments because I'm done. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and did what, please? And did what? What happened when he finally stood up and declared? Would you look at verse 6, please? And when they opposed themselves and what? He shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean henceforth. I will go unto the what? Hold it. Make note of this sometime and read it. Acts 9, 15. But the Lord said unto him at his conversion, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel, talking about Paul, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. The children of Israel, the Jews, were third. The kings were second. What was his primary purpose? The Gentiles. There is something about clearing the deck with your friends clearing the deck with the people around you hey I just need to testify that Jesus is Christ look at people that are your friends that are believers and ask them this hey we got time at lunch let's go knock some doors and tell people about Jesus Christ and if all of a sudden they, oh, you know, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore listen to this testifying about Jesus will qualify your friendships did y'all hear that Testifying about Jesus will qualify your friendships around you. Because there is something about boldness. And I think we've lost it. I think we've lost it. I'm not asking you. I'm not going to be rolling out one of these kind of schedules. I'm just coming to you letting you know this. God did not put us where we're at. For us to fit in. God put us where we're at to bring glory to him. And I think it's time that we declare. Jesus is my savior. And Jesus is my sovereign. And I want everybody to know that. And if they get mad at you. It's not your you didn't do anything. If, if all of a sudden somebody gets upset with you, that's what they did to your Savior. Now, if they get upset with you because of your disposition, I, I don't think sticking a foot in a door, I don't think getting on top of them and tackling them to the ground and throwing them in your trunk and say, I'll let you out when you confess Jesus as Lord... I don't think I don't think any of that's acceptable I don't, I don't think pounding on somebody's door until you dent it I don't think any of that's acceptable 
I don't think peering in their windows and back, I don't think any of that's acceptable. But that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Declare. Thank you for being with us during this service. My prayer is always, as I study, that God would use his word to speak to people's hearts. And may you have a good day, a good week. Please know that if we can do anything for you here at Emmanuel, all you have to do is let me know. God bless you, my friend. Have a wonderful day.